Today's Ba'ad has been dedicated La'atzlacha ve'ester ba'yafa and Yitzchak ben Yafa. Be'ezat Hashem and the Zichut of Limud HaTorah and the Zichut of the Tzedakah as we matzliach b'chol ma'asei yedihem ben beruhaniyut ben begashmiyut. Amen. Okay, in the beginning of Yigeris HaMoser Rabbi Sol Salanter establishes a rule he says, in order to properly serve Hashem, one has to have a foundation behind his entire avoidance Hashem. And based on that foundation, he can start to work in the specific actions that he does. Whether it means kiyum mitzvahs which has its challenges, so he has to have a foundation by which to help him overcome those challenges. And whether it's the Isurim of the Torah, where it has its challenges not to transgress, he has to have a foundation by which to give him the way to work to overcome the challenges. So there's one foundation. And he bases that foundation on what the Gemara says in Makos, that's in paragraph 4, where he says, Bo chabakuk alachas. Chabakuk put a foundation to the whole Torah, which was the tzaddik be'emunasayichia, that a tzaddik lives with emuna. So the way Rabbi Sosalanter explains this Gemara, it's a specific type of emuna, which is the foundation of Kol Terkul. The specific emuna is <clears throat> the emuna in schar ve'oynesh. That if a person does good things, he will have schar ba'il mazel ba'il mabo. And if he does the wrong things, he will have a punishment ba'il mazel ba'il mabo. Which I'm going to talk about a little bit in a minute. But he says that's the foundation. That means if you have this clear foundation, then you're able to use this tool, so to speak, when you face challenges. Because every single mitzvah challenges us in its own specific way. Each mitzvah <clears throat> has its difficulties to it. Because there's always the Yetzirah that's trying to stop you from doing that mitzvah. And the Yetzirah, even though it's a very general term, Yetzirah, the Yetzirah has many faces, many tactics. And obviously, each person faces the challenge a little differently based on his personality and his midas and his circumstances. But each mitzvah has its challenges. That's called, in English, hefzid mitzvah. It's an English term already. The, the hefzid, the challenge that comes before the mitzvah. And every single avera has schar avera. There's a reason why you want to do the Aver, Schar Aver. And yet the Torah says it's us, sir. So what's going to help you overcome these challenges? What's going to push you? What's going to guide you? What's going to direct you? That's called the Emunah in Schar Va'inish, which Rabbi Sosalanta brings the other Chazal in Baba Basu that says, Al-Kain Yoimru HaMoishim, this is all in paragraph 4, Bo'u Cheshbin, Hefzid Mitzvah Keneged Schorah. See what the challenge of the mitzvah is. 
Keneged gain, which is the schar, or the opposite, schar avera. What is pushing you to do the avera? Keneged avseida, which is the oynish. So you see that schar and oynish is the foundation that allows you and helps you overcome the challenges. That's Rabbi Saul Salantas, you cite. Meaning you can't go about doing Avodah Hashem randomly because you need to have something to help you get through it. The mitzvahs and Averis, each one's have their challenges. So what is that foundation on which Kola Terakula lies? That's called Schar Vainish. The Amun of Schar Vainish. And Rabbi Saul in his terminology, just to get his terms so you could read the Sefer, he calls that a klal. The mitzvah is a prat, is a specific. There's a specific schar v'oinish in each mitzvah and in each avera. That's specific. It's a specific challenge. That's a prat. The cloud, the general rule that applies to all the mitzvahs and all the averas is the general emuna and schar v'oinish. Then you have to apply it in a practical way when you come to the mitzvahs and averas, right? So let's say, for example, let's try to find a practical example in the world of Olam Hazeh, because Olam Habo is very far from our conscious, okay? So let's say the Torah says that it's a very big avera to speak Lashon Hara, right? So I know it's an avera. That's not a question by me. Of course it's an avera. The problem is that I have something within my reality which is pushing me to do the Avera, right? That's called the Schar Avera. Maybe it's the point is that I want to feel secure. I want to feel secure. So if there's other people around me that are succeeding more than me, makes me feel insecure because maybe I'm not going to be accepted as such a great person. So I feel that my way of dealing with that is that if I put down other people and lower them, so now my position is secure. So it's there's something in my personality, if I'm that type of guy, there's something in my personality that gives me this desire, so to speak, or this push to speak Lashon Har, despite the fact that Lashon Har is also, Right? So what would be the mechanic by which for me to work? So I have to think. What's the hefzid? What's the loss in speaking Lashon Har? Right? So let's try to think in a practical sense. If I have this critical way of looking at people, and I have this critical way of expressing what I feel about people, ultimately people will see me in a certain light. They'll see me as a person who is very critical, uh, puts people down, and will give me a bad name in that respect. Or people will see that I'm a guy that can't be trusted because I reveal things about people, even their secrets and things that shouldn't be revealed. I reveal it, so I'm not a trustworthy person. So people won't want to associate with me, right? So that's a hefzid. So there's a schar and a hefzid. 
That means in order to go through the challenge, override the challenge of speaking Lashonara, I have to use the mechanic called Schar Va'oynish. In a broader sense, I would have to think about Olam Haba, if I'm able to reach that level. You understand? So we have to work with Schar Va'oynish. You can't just tell a person to learn Shulchan Aruch and then follow what it says there. It says this is mutter or a mitzvah, go do it. This is an Avera, this is an Isser, this is negative behavior, don't do it. The knowledge of the facts will not help me overcome the challenges. I need to understand what it is that I'm benefiting from the mitzvah, the schar, the, the schar Avera, let's say. I need to understand what's driving me. What's my schar? And then I have to look at my hefsin from the Avera and say it's maybe not worth it. And therefore, the consequences versus the gains are not worth it. And therefore, that will help me overcome the challenge. And the same thing with the mitzvah. There is losses in the mitzvah, the time, the energy, the money, the the humility that may be required to do the mitzvah, right? And that's very difficult for me. So therefore, that is the thing that stands, that's the barrier that stands between me and the mitzvah, right? So what's going to help me overcome that challenge? I'll see how much I lose by not doing the mitzvah and how I stay in a state of non-growing or whatever it may be, the cheshbonus that I make, and that will help me get through it. So therefore, Rabbi Shosalata says... That the underlining uh, foundation to kiyum of Kolatera Kula requires a clear emuna in schar v'oinish. So again, I want to speak it out in this terms because I don't want to think about Olam Haba for a moment. Because that's very, very far away from our conscious reality. Olam Haba, Gehenna, right? We want to try to think about it more in the terms of Gashmias in the terms of Elam Hazeh. So it does require Ramuna because I have to say that ultimately I won't be successful in this world. That means if I manipulate people and if I put people down and I uh, try to push my agendas using methods that are not exactly uh, accepted according to the Torah, since Hashem runs the world, not me. So therefore, it won't work at the end. Not only will it not work, but all my efforts will actually come back to bite me at the end and turn out to be bad for me. So that I could work with. But I have to have an emuna for that. You can't just think like that. You have to actually really, really believe that. So, therefore, Rabbi Sosalant is saying, if we don't strengthen in the general cloud of Scharva Inish, if we don't strengthen in that concept well, so then we're going to have a problem. Oh, Rabbi Ezra's here, Rabbi Shuk. Okay? You got that, Shlomo? It's a very deep point. It's a very deep point. The Ezra, you missed the, 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 the Hagdama. It's a very deep Hagdama. It's a very deep Hagdama. Because it's not about knowing what's right and what's wrong. Rabbi Yonah speaks about this. In the beginning of the third Shah, in Shah Tshuva, Rabbi Yonah speaks about this. 
He says it doesn't help to know what's right and wrong. You have to know why doing wrong will hurt you at the end. And that will stop your will from doing it. He gives a marshal. He says if a person really wants to go somewhere, he's going to go. No matter what the challenge is. But if he found out that there's a lion in the road that he wants to travel... So the fear of death or in fear of uh, encountering that lion will take away his desire to go. So how are you going to control your desires? Using the fear, the fear of the consequence, which we'll talk about here a little bit more. But right now we're, talk, we're calling it in the Amunah of Schar Ba'inish. That has to be very, very firm by a human being to know what is the ramifications of his actions. Now, the challenge that Rabbi Sosalant is dealing with, and that's what this letter is dealing with, is that he happens to be discussing a lot focused on the Sechar of also. And that one day you're going to give Din Vecheshben and there's Einshim and Gehenna. He's talking about a, a much thing that's even further from us. He also speaks about Olam Hazen in his words. If you look at that, you'll see that in his words. Um... Let's see, in the paragraph number three, he says, he says that the emuna she'elohim shofet ehu latet leish kipri ma'alalo, that Hashem gives a person according to the, what he, what he decides in life, what he chooses in life, the fruits of what he cho- chooses. Imra umar darko, if his path is bad or bitter, some of them are in this world. Or it could happen in the next world. Okay? You don't know how uh, great the sin was in God's eyes. If he's straight and clean, We'll say, blesses the man. He'll have fruits of his deeds in this world. A greater pleasure that you can even imagine in this world. So he does discuss this world as well, but he also discusses the next world. And now he's going to deal with the challenge of acquiring Amuna. So dealing with the, the challenge of acquiring Amuna. So, there is, like we spoke out, the altar from Kelm, who says that, since we live in the tangible world, of the here and now, and what we see in front of our eyes, so in general, we see that, we only see the pleasure that we gain from the sin, we only see the gain, we only see the hefzid in the mitzvah. We only see that. That's what we see in front of our eyes. To calculate future, that's something called seichel. Seichel has to calculate the future. That's in the non-tangible. So whenever you're dealing with the seichel, connected the chush, the chush is stronger than the seichel. Especially if you're dealing with such abstract concepts like Olam Habo and Gehenna. So it's so abstract and it's such a just an intellectual thing, it's not tangible, so your tangible world is stronger than your sikhliistic world. 
And therefore, uh, the altar from Kelm has a plan how to take, try to create for yourself tangible siyurim to make the concepts more grounded, so to speak. Try to ground them a little bit more. So you have a way to, to, to see them. Make it siyurim, he calls that, right? Rabbi Sosalant is reaching deeper in there. He's saying that even though what the Alter from Kelm is saying is actually true, 100%. However, there is another step that needs to be dealt with. What is that other step? Because even if I worked really, really, really hard to come to a certain clarity that there is an Osad Havadai, there is a for sure a future that you're going to stand before Hashem, right? I learned the mission of Masechus Ovis, and it says, Da lefnei mi atut osid liten din v'cheshmen. You're going to be standing in front of Hashem. Okay, so I had that, I worked on that. I used the altar from Kelm's method, and I created Siurim to really feel that way. However, I have a different problem that's going on within me internally. There's a different problem within me internally that's called dimyan. That's Rabbi Sol Salantis Chiddush. Rabbi Sol Salantis Chiddush is that dimyan wants to develop for you a path of life that's free to do what you want. Because a man doesn't want to be uh, forced to behave a certain way. He doesn't want to have like the Lashem that Rabbi Sol Salantis says in the beginning of his psicha, the asur bimuskalo. To be bound by what his seichel dictates to him. He doesn't want to be bound by that. He wants to be chofshi. He wants to be free b'demyoyin. So the dimyon wants to make that even though there's a certain reality, that reality doesn't apply to you. Yes, there's a mishpot, but the punishments won't be on me. It'll be on someone else. Like we try to explain that in a very practical way, that I feel like if they give me the floor, in Shamayim, you know, I'm going to stand in front of Hashem, and they give me the floor, I will be able to give a beautiful share to explain why nothing is my fault. And it's other people's fault. Alright? I'm confident in myself that I can do that. And in general, I'm a good guy, so why should Hashem want to punish me? And all these different cheshboinists that I'm going to make, so the dimyan is giving me the ability to be free, despite the fact that I know the facts. See, Chapa, we're dealing with it, Rabbi Yisrael, you got to get this clear. This is Rabbi Yisrael Salantas Chedesh. Again, he says, the foundation of Kol you can't do mitzvahs, or refrain from doing averis if you don't have a moon and tzchar v'aynish. You can't. Why? Because I know that this thing is usher, but who cares? I want it anyway. So my rotsen to do it is going to push through even though I know it's Asr. <coughs> I know it's Asr to speak Lashon Hara. There's not one person in this room who doesn't know it's Asr to speak Lashon Hara. And I know that the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed because of Lashon Hara. There's not a person in this room who doesn't know that. I know that. But I still speak Lashon Hara. Because there's a reason why I speak it. That's called Tzachar Aver. Tzachar Aver is the reason why I speak Lashon Hara. What I gain from it. Like we mentioned before, people in a social setting are very insecure. And they want covid and they want respect. 
And they want to be standing out amongst their peers. That's the desire of man. But you have to really be good to be standing out in front of your, amongst your peers. You have to actually be good. But I'm not interested in actually being good. So I have a very unbelievable defense mechanism to protect my integrity and to protect my uh, self-esteem, so to speak. If I would put down other people, then I could be on top. I'm secure, right? So I have this inner drive to do that Avera that's coming from my midas and my krekas and efforts that's driving me. So knowing that it's us is not stopping me. So the only way to stop is what? To think about what's the negative effects of Lashonah. Maybe people won't want to marry you. Because when they call your friends, they're going to say, listen, this guy is a very critical person. He speaks not nice about people. You can't, can't hold a secret. He reveals everything he knows. He's not a trustworthy guy. Don't do business with him, right? So you may hurt yourself. So when I start to think about the Oynish... That's when I could overcome the challenge. Because you can't overcome challenges. Not in mitzvahs and not in averis without schar va'oynish. But schar va'oynish needs an emuna. Because in your tangible reality you don't see that. So it needs an emuna. The emuna, what's the challenge between uh, the emuna and you? Like to become a real emuna. So challenge number one we said is because it's only sikhli. It's not chushas. That's Alta from Kelm. So that we said, there is Eitzes how to deal with that. There's Eitzes how to deal with that. To make that chushas. But that's still not good enough. That's what Rabbi Salaam is being mechadish. Because the deep desire not to accept the reality as the absolute truth applying to you. Because by doing so, that's going to force you to behave a certain way. And you don't want to behave that way. That deep desire not to behave that way. And that deep desire to be free. You understand? I was speaking to someone who has a, an Arias problem. And he understands clearly how the Arias is a problem for his life. Okay? He's a married man too. So that can be very detrimental to his, to his marriage as well. Understands the the cha- the consequence of the thing, right? But what is his challenge? His desire is to be hefker. Can't handle not doing what he just wants to do. I want to do it. I don't care. I want to be hefker. I don't want to be uh, bound by the knowledge. The knowledge binding him is what he can't accept. He needs that hefkeris. Hagufa. And that's really what Rabbi Saul Salant is dealing with, his problem. Because there is an inner desire to be Hefker. So the Hefker is the inner desire to be Hefker is the driving force behind why he has to distort the reality. Even though it's a reality. But it could distort the reality. It's almost like a guy sees a pack of cigarettes, right? And it says on the thing that people die from cancer from this thing, you know? You could get emphysema. You could get cancer. This is what this thing does. There's studies, there's everything, right? Now, if he accepts that truth and it applies to him, that means I am at that risk, he won't smoke the cigarette. But then he's bound to his 
being tired that he can't smoke, right? So he says, no, someone else will die from cigarettes, not me. People die, but it's not me. But if you push him in the corner, you know, Lamai says, I'm Jewish, right? So on Shabbos, I don't smoke. All those studies were going for people who smoke seven days a week. But if you smoke six days a week, it's nacha. Doesn't apply. That's dimyim. Follow? Because you can't be bound. You understand? To the, to the knowledge. So you could have the knowledge, but you have another, you, you could have a tangible knowledge. You could go to a hospital, and then you could walk in the place where they have lung cancer, and see people that are dying, or people that are walking around machines to breathe from emphysema. You could see that. You could see it. And then you could say it's real. But then you have Dimyan. Dimyan will not de- deny that reality. He'll just come up with Cheshboinus, why it doesn't apply to you. That's what it is. It's a very deep thing, and avoid them. You understand? If a guy has a health issue, uh, he can't overeat, right? So now he has uh, high sugar, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, you name it. And then he says, one donut never killed anybody. You know? Lamaisa. It's a true thing. If you eat uh, a box of donuts every day, you'll probably die. But one donut never killed anybody. And then one rugula never killed anybody. And one lahmajin never killed anybody. And one drink never hurt anybody. And then his whole life he just does one. One plus one plus one plus one until he's a dead man, right? So we see how Dimyan plays into the life even when we know the reality. So it's not enough to know the reality. You have to know how to work with Dimyan. That's what this Rabbi Saul is trying to do. Rabbi Saul is trying to teach us how to get the Amuna to take firm root in the heart that Dimyan can't uproot it, you know? So that's the Chiddush of this of this thing. You have to look at Rabbi Rucham talks about this. That we're trying to bring out the oimik of what the chiddush of Igeris Hamusar is. Because he's grappling with a, with a, with a, with a point in life which is a very, very, uh, dangerous thing. Ha'oyev ha'rahazeh called Dimyan, which we're all affected by it. And it comes from a deep desire to be free. That's the idea. So that's what we're learning here. And that's pretty much takes us to the psicha together with the, uh, the fifth paragraph, I think, which we're going to go into that tomorrow, Belineda. What's tomorrow? Thursday? Okay, tomorrow, Belineda, we'll go into that. And we have to take apart this, this, this major problem of life that we all face. Okay? We'll stop here for today.